Come on, so can somebody testify of the goodness of God in this place? Maybe you came to the wrong place. Can somebody testify of the goodness of God in this place? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. You may be seated. I greet you all in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Tell your neighbor you're in the right place. You're in the right time. And God's going to do something for you. Don't feel shy to point at him and say, or her, you are going to be blessed. Say it like you mean it. Before I start, I just want to ask a question, if I may. How many of you all have read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation? Put your hands up. Yo. Okay, put your hand on. You're embarrassing the rest of the people. So... I want to beseech you, if I can use that word, because uh, when we get to heaven and we meet St. Peter at the gate and he takes us into heaven and he introduces us, he might introduce you to Obadiah. You know Obadiah? He might introduce you to Zephaniah. And imagine Zechariah coming up to you and say, hey, Nish, did you read my book? Oops, you must have missed that book. Come on, tell your neighbor, it's time we started to read the word. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, amen? The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is able to separate the bone from the marrow. The word of God is able to separate us from this world. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Uh, Pastor John, I want to honor you. Pastor Ari Grace, thank you so much. I don't take this opportunity very lightly. Let's give them... I know Pastor John's been keeping a low profile today. But we want to bless him. I believe you're going on vacation and you didn't tell me. You didn't invite me, rather. So guess what? On Tuesday, the 21st of February, would be one year that my family and I have come from South Africa to the Netherlands. How's that? And then on Saturday, we've already packed. So we leave on Saturday, back to South Africa. I just wanted to see the response, Marilyn, because I want to see who loves me, who doesn't love me, who wants me to go, who doesn't. Okay, I'm, I'm not... Okay, we're not going to go, we promise. So you're stuck with us. But I want to uh, turn your attention. But first, I want, uh, I want you to open to our key text that we're going to try to dissect today. And I want you to stay with me because God has got a message for you. Whether you are a Christian for one year, perhaps you're sitting here and you're a Christian for many years. I believe that through this message, God is going to open up your eyes to see something specifically for your life. So we're going to open to John 3, 13 to 15. If someone can help me to read that, please. No one has ascended to heaven 
But he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For Amen. God, Amen. 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 We're going to stop. We're going to do 13, but I want to focus on verses 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, somebody said, the TPT says, and just as Moses lifted up. So that tells me there's a correlation between two things and two events. Everyone say, just as. Say, and just as. And just as we drive our cars in South Africa, you in the Netherlands, or shall I say we in the Netherlands, drive our bicycles and we walk on the road. Just as the police goes around in South Africa giving everyone a parking ticket, you guys are very advanced here. You've got cars driving around that give automatic tickets. I got six fines. I only had my license for two months, Marilyn. I got six fines because, you know, y'all are so good. Y'all are so bad at being good in this country. I want you to catch the words, and just as. And just as we celebrate Heritage Day in South Africa, you celebrate the King's Day here in the Netherlands. And just as we write the GED exams in South Africa, you guys write the, this is a IGCST or IB. Y'all write the IB exams here. And just as the people in the wilderness carried the Ark of the Covenant from place to place, we carry the presence of God within us in the New Testament. I want you to catch and just as, and just as what happened in the Old Testament, and just as the people wandered in the wilderness, and just as the people became impatient and started to gossip and started to bicker and started to complain, and just as that happened in the Old Testament, now we too are starting to bicker. We too are starting to get impatient. We are faced with something called the popcorn generation. Instant gratification. A microwave generation. Everything must be now, today, then. But the Bible says, those that wait upon the Lord. Come on. He shall renew their strength. What will they do? They shall, come on somebody, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. When they run, they will not grow weary, and when they walk, they shall not faint. Just as it was then, so it's becoming now. Just as the people complained, so we too complain. We complain about our jobs. We complain about the food. We complain about our lifestyle. My job is like this, my wife is like that, and my life is so whack. I was trying to get a, like a, you know, like a rap going there. But just as it was then, so it's happening today. The Bible says, when Moses led the people through the wilderness, a journey that's supposed to take them, what, seven days, took them 40 years. Why? Because they complained. Because they murmured. 
because they found fault because they said to Moses you brought us out here what to die you brought us from a place we were slaves but at least we had food to eat now we must eat manna every day are you complaining about the food young people that is set on the table every day and just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness and i tried to get my head around that picture and i googled a lot of pictures and i got this picture here and just as moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness so too christ had to be lifted up on the cross so that we can have life and have it in abundance what happened to the children in the wilderness once they started to complain once they started to murmur once they started to bicker with one another god called caused the snakes to come around them and bite them and kill them that's that's a bit harsh if there's one creature i don't like is snakes your snakes freak me out who who likes snakes here yeah i didn't think so do you have a lot of snakes here any okay thank god for that that's great So snakes we don't like I always this is my interpretation is not something uh, that said in the bible don't go and quote me but I think before god cursed the snake the snake had legs it was like a caterpillar it walked around and then when god cursed it said now you will yes you will slide on your belly so as long as the people looked to the snake when they were bitten just as they were bitten they were healed when they looked to the snake just as you are sitting here and you may be sick you may be bitten with a spirit of sickness you may be bitten with a spirit of depression you may be be, be bitten with a spirit of cancer i'm not sure what circumstance you may have come into the presence of god with but i want you to know just as in the old testament when the people were bitten and they lifted up their heads to the serpent just as you lift up your eyes to the cross today you're going to be healed come on you got to believe what i'm saying you're going to be set free just as the people died in the wilderness if you are dying what do you need you need a savior you need to be saved they were dying they looked to the serpent and they were saved they were healed and they were saved if you are dying today if you are going to a christless eternity if you are sitting here and you don't know this jesus as your lord and as your personal savior i got news for you this afternoon you look to the cross and you will be saved not just you but your entire household will be saved all you got to do is look they activated the presence of god in the wilderness by looking What are you looking at? Are you looking at your circumstance? Because there's many. Are you looking at your problems? There's many of that as well. How many of us are looking to our bosses? How many of us are looking to our spouses? How many of us are looking to men? When the Bible says, set your eyes upon upon the hills. set your eyes upon me from whence cometh your help my help comes from the lord the maker of the heaven and earth and i want to i want to i want to i can't drive this enough just as 
the serpent, the only difference is just as the serpent stayed on the pole, what happened when Jesus went on the cross? Early Sunday morning, just like Jesus said, he broke the curse of sin and death and he, he rose up from the grave. Come on, somebody. Now we have a new beginning in a kingdom that knows no ending. Come on, can somebody shout hallelujah? Come on, hallelujah! Jesus Christ is resurrected. He's no longer defeated. He's no longer on the cross. The snake is no longer there. How many of you wear a cross on your, on your necks? Come on, stand up, stand up. So, that's not just a symbol. Let me tell you, that cross, how many, anyone else got a bigger cross? Don't hide it. Don't hide the cross. The cross is the one thing that separates us from this world. The cross is the one thing that sets you apart. I'm, I'm advertising now. Everyone's going to go and buy a cross now. I should get a commission. Go and buy a cross. My mom gave me a cross when I was very young. I'm not a jewelry person, so I don't even wear it. I just wear my wedding ring to remind me I'm married. But the cross is what sets you and you and you apart from this world. Everyone, some people say, all roads, all rivers lead to one ocean. And they try to justify that by meaning that, you know what, it doesn't matter what God or which God you serve. But you're all going to go to heaven. I got some bad news. You're not going to go to heaven. Because there's only one way by which man can be saved. And that is by the, the blood and the name of Jesus Christ. And unless you're sitting here and you've accepted that as your Lord and as your Savior, today is your day. Today is your moment. Amen. You know, I was reading when preparing for this, the, the cross. It's not just a piece of jewelry. It's not just an article of clothing for style or for fashion. It doesn't go out of fashion. I was reading a story. There was this child that was 10 months old and dedicated to God. And uh, the child was, uh, was, was a peaceful child, happy-go-lucky child. And one night, uh, the parents of the child uh, uh, paid the child and put the child to bed and uh, went into the lounge with some friends and having some dinner. And all of a sudden, they could hear this, uh, you know, uh, this, this crying. And the mother said, you know what, I, I forgot to put the child, child's cross on, on because the mother had a small cross for the child. She pinned onto the child's clothing. And so one of the, the visitors said, don't worry, I'll go. I'll, I'll sort that out. As soon as he put the cross on, the child started to scream. I mean, like literally, and this is a true story. The child started to become hysterical, started to scream and started to be out of control, so much so that the mother, the father, and the whole house had to rush into the room and see what was wrong with this child. And the child just refused to stop crying. Only to find that if, as soon as they took the child out of the room downstairs, that the child was perfectly fine and normal. And they couldn't understand what had happened upstairs. Only to find that five minutes later, the ceiling in the child's room collapsed. 
and fell on the child's bed where the child was sleeping. There's power in the cross. It's not just a symbol. It's not just something you use. There was another story that was told of someone who, who, was, um, who was a fortune teller. Do we have fortune tellers in this country? Soothsayers? Back in South Africa, it's a big thing. It's kind of getting into a big thing where they, they, they rip you for your money and they try to predict in your life. The last time I spoke, I spoke about the... Hey, this corner is very good. Two points here. What about this corner? I spoke about the fivefold ministry. I said the gifts of the Spirit are irrevocable. Remember I said that? Whatever gifts God has given to us, we can choose to use it in the kingdom or we can choose to use it for the world. And just like that, when Moses was faced with throwing the rod on the floor and became a snake, what did Pharaoh's wizards do? They did the exact same thing. But I don't know if you know, whose snake it whose snake? Come on. Okay, there's only one way. And this lady was doing this, this type of uh, uh, fortune telling with the people. And, and she couldn't get through to this guy. And she said, you know what? You have some metal on you that you need to remove. And he had a metal watch. He had a safety pin. And he had the cross on him. And she told him, the only thing I need you to remove is the cross. True story. Why? Because the cross has power. The cross still has the strength for you, you, and you to be saved. And there is still power at the cross of Jesus Christ. Sometimes I think, because we see an empty cross, we think that there was no price paid. But let me tell you something. Someone, Jesus Christ had to pay a price on that cross so that you, you, and you, and me could have this life that we have today. Can somebody say amen to that? You know, the death on the cross in the Bible, how many of you saw the passion of the Christ? Wow. You know, if I've ever seen a more graphic movie and something more gruesome, it was that movie. With the way Mel Gibson depicted Jesus and the walk and the stripes that he took, it was, your, it was the most gruesome, most humiliating. It was, it was the punishment set aside for the scoundrels, for the worst of the worst. If we had to put it in today's terms, perhaps it would be not even a legal, a, a, a legal way of putting someone to death by a needle, perhaps. Perhaps it would be torching someone while they are alive. That's how gruesome the cross was. And I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture to, to, to show you what Jesus has went through. He was nailed on the cross. The thing with being nailed on the cross is that you don't die immediately. You stay on the cross. Some people take three, four, five days to die. Because it's the nails and it's the straps on your hands that hold you on the cross. It's your pure body weight that brings you down. Gravity brings you down. And it's that that kills you eventually. And that's what Jesus Christ had to endure. That's what he had to go through in order for us to be here and to know Christ today. I got here in my notes. If there's no Christ, there's no Christianity. And if you know Christ, K-N-O-W, then you would know Christianity. 
and you would know life. Amen. Amen. I just want to, I want to, I want to touch on two examples of the cross. The cross has a horizontal and a vertical pole. A vertical pole stands upright and the horizontal pole stands across. You agree? You agree? For me, the, 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 the horizontal pole represents Christ's arms that are open wide. It represents mankind, which is you and I. And the vertical pole represents God himself. And which is longer, the vertical or the horizontal pole? The one that is standing up straight or the one that goes across? The vertical pole. God is always bigger than man. God is always bigger than your circumstance. He's always bigger than your problems. You may be sitting here and thinking, you know what, yes, I'm here, but my mind is actually on what's going to happen tomorrow and how I'm going to meet that need and how I'm going to meet that bill and how I'm going to meet that assignment and how I'm going to meet that deadline. But how many of you know that God is bigger than your circumstance? God stands upright. You know, the one thing we used to like to do in South Africa on a Saturday morning as young people We'd clean our cars, make it shine, you know. And then we would, uh, we would put the cross on the rearview mirror. How many of you all do that? You hang the cross on the rearview mirror so it, it hangs a little bit lower than the rearview mirror and it's in your view, you know, to see outside. And then we used to drive around with our windows down and, you know, uh, then the music will be playing and then we'll drive past our girlfriend's houses and, you know, we're kind of style. But then... Some guys used to drive around talking on their phones, but the music used to be so loud, so I don't know how they heard, but anyway. So, why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because the windscreen in front of you is bigger than the rearview mirror. The cross that's hanging on the rearview mirror is not there to make you look behind you. The only time you should be looking behind you is to see how good God has been to you. The only time you should be looking behind you is to see what God has done for you. Look through the big screen. Tell God, open my eyes to the big screen. Man, the world is your playground. Everything in front of you is created by God. Why are you looking through the rearview mirror more than you are looking through the front wind screen this afternoon? As I bring my message to a conclusion, you know, I want to... I said one year in the Netherlands. I'll never forget the first day we came here on the 21st of February, 2022. Am I right? Yeah, 2022. We came here the first, first day. We didn't even sleep in this country. We just came here. We took our 10 or 12 suitcases up a stairs that's 45 degrees. And then we only to realize there's another 45 degrees upstairs to go to the third floor. But we did it. We got in and we said, you know what? We are here. Let's go somewhere. Let's do something. We are here. Sure. There's a word in our country we call Bristons. You know what that is? Oh, okay. It's like a big deal. So we like Bristons now. We, we went to my wife's workplace to pick up a laptop. So we went there. We got everything. Only to come outside and to be blown away by this wind that you all have here. <laughs> it's the coldest and most fierce wind I've ever experienced in my whole... I thought that wind was going to blow me back to South Africa. That's how bad that wind was. What is up with that? 
that wind was just so unbearable. We had to go back into the building and phone an Uber because we couldn't stand for a tram or a bus. We called an Uber only to go through the wind to the Uber to find out that, hey, there's no, not enough room in the Uber. Because you guys with your ro 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 rules and your laws here, yo, it's brilliant, but wow, I've got to get used to it. So only five people with the driver are allowed in the Uber, and we are five in our family. So we couldn't go. If I've ever begged a person to help me out, I even told him I'll pay his fine. You know, in South Africa, there's a lot of bribery and corruption. But that doesn't work here. Yeah, you guys, you all are very good. You know, that was an experience that we had, but it taught me that, hey, if it's full, it's full. How many of you all stood in an elevator only to come up to the second floor, open the doors, and there's a poor man standing there, but the elevator is full. There's no more room in the elevator for you to come in. And I want you to know this morning that there might not have been room, I beg your pardon this afternoon, there might not have been room in the inn for Jesus. There might not have been place at the banqueting table for you. There might not have been place in that company that you've applied for. There might not have been place in that university that you've applied for. There may not even have been place at your father's and mother's house for you, but there's room at the cross for you. There's, there is, you know, the songwriter says, there's room at the cross for you. He said, though millions have come, millions of people have been saved, but there's still room for one more. There's still room for you, my brother. There's still room for you, my sister. All you have to do is come to the cross. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are heading for destruction. But those that are saved, is anyone saved in the house? For those that are saved, it is the what? It is the very power of God unto salvation. The word power there is, you know what, dunamis. You know what the dunamis, you know where that word originates from? Where that word takes us to? Dynamite. I always tell everyone, dynamite comes in in small packages. Imagine what comes in big packages. Hey, dynamite. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Luke 9.23 says, take up your cross and follow me. No, it says, take up your cross daily. Take up your cross every day. I want to preach to the Christian that's sitting here that's saved for maybe 20 years, 10 years. And you're thinking, no, but this message has been preached. I know about the cross. Do you? Do you know about the cross? Are you picking up your cross every day? Are you denying yourself every single day? Are you saying no to the things of this world? Because that's what denying self is. Are you saying no to the things of this world every day? And are you picking up your cross? And are you following Jesus? 
Those that are sitting here and have been serving God for many years, the Bible says some of us are still on milk. We should be on the meat of God. We should be the mature, the maturity of Christ, the mature Christians, the teleos man the Bible speaks about. I want to beseech you. I want to encourage you. I want to come to convict you and come to poke you a little bit because Paul had a bit of a thorn in his flesh as well. I want to poke you a little bit and say, your season is not over. Your time is not complete. There's room at the cross for you. Someone said that the only Bible some people will read ever is you. Someone else said that preach Christ always. Sometimes use words. Every action you do, every reaction you give is a testimony unto someone that is unsaved. So if you're sitting here and you think God is done with you, I want you to know that there's room at the cross for you this afternoon. I don't know whether to carry on. How am I doing for time? Are you blessed or are you bored? They both start with B. My sister, I want to apologize to you for the poor uh, v uh, uh, video audio we have on Friday nights. Pastor John, we need to apologize to that lady. She's very faithful. She's on there. She talks a lot, but Pastor John. She has a coffee and she talks a lot. <laughs> but she keeps us going when we can't hear what's happening at the Bible study. But bless you, my sister. It's good to see you. My name is Nishal, by the way. Bless you. What's your name? Mia. Mira. Oh, it's nice to meet you. So, many things happened at the cross, but I don't want to, uh, uh, I don't want to go onto each one. On, on the cross, they put a crown on, upon his head. Okay? But Grace, I want to do this for you because I didn't know you were a doctor. Wow. I had to get my theology right before I come and speak now because we've got a doctor. Someone say, whoop. Yeah. I always thought Jesus took 39 stripes on his back. But it's not actually, it's no, there's no Bible scripture. Paul took 39 stripes a few times. But apparently from my research, and please forgive me if I'm wrong and if there's any theologians in the midst. So apparently 40 stripes was the maximum you could give to somebody. So because they wanted to uh, punish Jesus to the maximum, they gave him 39 stripes. And the 39 stripes are not necessarily for the 39 major sicknesses or diseases that we have in the world. Because I, I, I'm not a doctor, Grace, but I'm pretty sure there may be more. But I want to read this by uh, Robert Blanchard. He's a Dutchman. And he wrote this. He translated the 39 Dutch infirmities into English. And as I read this, Whatever infirmity, I want you to speak into your life that God has canceled this over you. He's canceled this over your family. He's canceled it not for the next generation, your children, but for your children's children. It's done. It's dusted. There's, not, there's no strifing anymore. It's already done. So he speaks about the 39 major infirmities translated into English. The one is cancer. It's cancelled. Debt is cancelled. Depression is cancelled. Autism is cancelled. 
in the name of Jesus. Loneliness is cancelled. Fear is cancelled. Asthma is cancelled. Feeling forsaken by God is cancelled in the name of Jesus. Blocked feelings is cancelled. AIDS is cancelled. Bondage is cancelled. Compulsion is cancelled. The flu is cancelled. Stress is cancelled, somebody. Allergies are cancelled. You may think, oh, why are you praying for allergies? It irritates me. There's a change of season now and my nose doesn't give me a break. Rebellion is cancelled. Passiveness is cancelled. Inflammation is cancelled. Sin is cancelled. Rejection is cancelled. Oh, come on. Epilepsy is cancelled. Spiritual desertedness is cancelled. Addiction is cancelled. Woo! Dullness is cancelled. Shame is cancelled. Dementia is cancelled. Emptiness is cancelled. Pride is cancelled. Heart condition is cancelled. Darkness is cancelled. Grief is cancelled. Diabetes is cancelled. Woo! Miscommunication is cancelled. Deformation. Deformation is cancelled. Selfishness is cancelled. And last but not least, anger is cancelled in you. Over your family. It's cancelled for every generation. And I want to pray the peace of God that passes all human understanding. Beloved, there's power at the cross of Jesus Christ. When Moses lifted up the bronze serpent, Christ was lifted up. He was lifted up. And he, and, and, he, and he died the most gruesome death at the cross so that you could have life. And you could have it in abundance. I ask you very humbly, what are you doing with your life? Are you using your life for what God has called you to do? Or are you wasting your life away? Are you using your life to bring honor and glory to the kingdom of God? Or are you giving your life to the enemy? There's room at the cross for you today. Though millions have come, there is still room for one more. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads.